another supplemental episode of the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. Uh, this is another episode from my car. Um, my friend Irina, hello Irina, uh, told me via um, her husband and one of my best friends in the world, Serge, that she likes these supplemental episodes because they sound personal, which they are. Um, I like to kind of just let it fly here. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to talk about, but I do now. Um, So we'll start with a story that I think helps to illustrate this. Um, And it's a story from the Kagyu lineage, uh, my lineage, about Milarepa and the demons in the cave. Um, If you know the story, and it was told to you differently. Cool. Uh, I don't need to hear about it. Um, I appreciate you wanting, some of you wanting to constantly educate me. Um, you know, I'm flattered that you think of me that much. Um, so Milarepa leaves his cave to, um, to, do you ever see people just going down the street with like large suitcases? in strange places. It's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm on Palm Beach Island. What the hell is that about? Spooky and weird sometimes. Um, Anyway, so Milarepa leaves his cave to go get firewood. He comes back, and the cave is full of demons. Now, he knows that these demons are just a projection of himself. They are a projection of his own mind. They are him. He is projecting the demons into reality, but he walks in. These demons are sleeping in his bed. They're eating his food. They're playing with all this stuff. And he gets in there. He's like, get everybody out. And he tries to wrestle with these demons. Again, don't forget, projection of himself. He wrestles with them, and they don't leave. They stay. He can't get them to leave. So he starts enunciating Dharma. You know, talking about how we're all one thing and yada, yada, yada. He gets all into the Zoke chains. He takes a deep dive with these demons. And they're like, sorry, dude, not leaving. He's like, well, shit, man. So he sits down and he goes, look, you guys aren't leaving. I'm not leaving. So we're just going to have to live here together. And the second he resigned to the fact that he has these demons, that he's going to have to live with them, they started disappearing one by one. And then there's the last one. And this demon, we've all got the one, right? We've all got that one that doesn't leave. And so Milarepa starts over. Starts, uh, tries to get him to leave, teaching the Dharma, yada, yada. Demon won't leave. So he rushes the demon, tackles the demon, and starts force-feeding himself to the demon. He's making the demon eat him alive. And as he's feeding himself to the demon, the demon disappears. So I take that to mean that as we feed ourselves these things and truly examine them from the inside out, because you're feeding yourself to it, that the demon disappears, hopefully, right? Um, well, I have, you know, one or two. And uh, recently I was reminded of one of them. So this person, one person very close to me, um, 
she said that you know something that she liked about me was that I'm masculine, dominant, and uh, abrasive. That I can be, right? Um, and also remarked that she thought that I was going to be somebody who like floated around the room and all I talked about was peace and love. Those of you that know me are chuckling right now. Um, and like I tell clients all the time, man, I didn't get into this shit because I'm well adjusted and things were going well and I'm just so full of love and light. I want to make everybody know that's not it. I firmly believe that this plane, this birth, this planet, this is where we grow. This is the incubator. It's a womb. And like, you're not supposed to transcend this stuff. You're supposed to work with this stuff. The evils of the world and all these things, they don't go away. They are just as much part of this ecosystem as, as love and compassion. You have to have both. It's all grist for the mill, right? As Ramdas would say. And we'd also tell you it's all perfect. And you have to be able to act mindfully. You act without attachment to the outcome. You act because you act, right? Well, uh, this person said those nice things that you, you know, liked those things about me. But in the past, those things have like been a problem. And one of those uh, moments I was reminded of this week. So... For many years, I've worked with somebody, um, his name's Chris. Um, Chris is gay. I'm straight. We're very good friends, very close friends. We uh, know a lot about one another. We've spent you know, a lot of quality time with each other at work, outside of work. Um, but he is very heart-centered. I'm very head-centered. I'd like to think I'm head and heart, but... If you ask him, or if I'm really fucking honest, apparently, um, not a lot of heart. Uh -uh. Um, I think I have heart. I think I go through the heart, but I do it a little differently. And I know that when I'm doing trauma work private with somebody, it's a lot of heart. But I have to use my head, if I'm honest. And uh, Chris doesn't listen to this, so if you know him, do not fucking tell him. I can talk shit. He'll never know it. Whatever. And then we'll know if he actually listens to, right? Anyway, um, so a long time ago, we were working at a different company together and um, some stuff went down and he was in charge of things that were affecting me. And I uh, uh, didn't handle it well. I became very upset. Now, and since then, our old boss, actually, she does... Um, a breathwork class that I go to on Tuesdays. And she goes, look, you know, towards the end there, none of us were being our best selves because everything was fucked up. And she's right. So my excuse is that I wasn't being my best self. And, you know, he wasn't either. Like, we were all kind of at our wit's end. Um, but he had, you know, we got... We, I feel that I was being gaslit by people up above me, as does he. But some things happened, and uh, Troy and I shared an office at the time, and some things happened. Chris was in our office, and I um, became very, um, I became very aggressive, and um, Troy actually left the room. He was so uncomfortable, which was embarrassing. And Chris did too, ultimately. Um, but, uh, 
I thought that we were cool, and I thought that, um, I don't know, I just thought we were cool. But to be fair, after that, our paths kind of diverged within that company, and he was doing something completely different. Not completely different, but we are just doing different things. Um, I get hired at this new place, and he's, you know, in charge of me in a roundabout way. And we're talking, and he busts my balls a lot. Like, it's nonstop, and it's fun. I really like it. We have a really, really nice time. It's funny. It's, he's hilarious. Um, but the other day, he said something really... He was, like, telling me to do something that was kind of serious. Like, hey, can you be sure you blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I have a hard time um, doing anything other than fucking with you. And I was like, Why? And then we start talking about this event that happened in the past in that whole era of time. And he began, really, I was like, he goes, do you want me to tell you? And I was like, yeah, man, just tell me. I told him, I was like, I love you. I love him so much. Like, I don't, like, tell me. Like, and I know he'll tell me in a way that's constructive. He's not a piece of shit. So he kind of laid it out and it hurt. Um, not what he said, but not even the way he said it, he did it perfectly he's a beautiful person that knows exactly how to deliver a message but to know that I wasn't free of that stuff man um, I guess a piece of me knew that I wasn't you know if I'm honest there's always a piece of me that's watching I don't know um, but he brought up a couple interesting points things that I really need to start taking a look at that I use you know, intellect to mask my feelings. Uh, I laugh when I want to cry. You know, um, I did it this week. I had a particularly rough session, uh, did some rapid resolution therapy with somebody whose story, oh, I can't. Um, it's too much. Went back to my desk and like, a handful of people went by and they were like, you all right? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And my boss was like, she was like, you look like you're going to cry. I was like, no, I'm fine. I think I made some like off-color jokes or whatever and moved on with my day. Um, I only really was honest about it with one person. No, I was honest with a few people. I can't say that. Um, anyway, but what he was saying was pretty true. And I think that's, uh, you know, my last demon in the cave that I don't think I'll get rid of. You know, in that book, After the Ecstasy, The Laundry, there's a line in it. I can't remember who says it, but that there's no enlightened retirement. You know, that you don't finally wake up and you're just fine, you know, and that there's never any more problems and everything's great. and You know what I mean? And that yeah, I don't believe that we're meant to transcend this like this life I think that we're supposed to have troubles I believe that that's the work right that you know that we're gonna hurt and we're gonna have difficulty and you know and we just learn to relate to it differently we work with the mind to kind of have a different experience that's just you know I believe I don't think anybody just becomes this like angel that hovers over all of it I don't think that's a thing 
And if that is a thing, that sounds boring as shit to me, so I'd rather just take the fucking conflict. Um, but, I don't know, it, it sucked to know that I'd affected Chris so poorly that I'd ever been anything other than just, you know, kind, you know. I mean, for all the ball busting he's done with me over the years, he's a very good person to me. Um, but yeah, I don't think that I'm ever going to be that, like, you know, marshmallow angel that floats around the room and, like, you know, my friend Nikki, you know, she likes that about me. <laughs> she said that she knows that she can say some, she can make fun of some wild spiritual shit in front of me and I'll just laugh about it probably join in, you know, um, yeah, like I said, I didn't get into it because I'm, because I'm well, you know, I got into this stuff because I'm not well, you know, I don't know which book I said at the beginning with that, like, I never felt at home on earth, never felt at home in a body, never felt at home as Keith. It never feels like home. Um, it just feels like a weird role that I play. But yeah, I've got that demon, man. Um, I'd rather tame it than be out of control of it. And honestly, I don't think that I've had an episode like the one that Chris and I shared. I think it was last year. I don't think I've had one of those since... Um, they're not that common anymore. I mean, they used to be more common, I guess. I don't think it'll be the last one. I know that those traits that I have can be assets, right? I understand that. I believe that. Um, but they can also... It's the same. Like, the ego is a great servant, but a horrible master. You know, these traits, this curriculum we get... We're supposed to play with it, not be played upon by it, you know? And I think that sometimes you get played upon by it. When I think about what was going on, I think that it tripped my control switch, um, that I felt like I was being controlled to excess, which, you know, turn, flips a lot of switches, a lot of childhood switches, things get turned on they get activated when that starts to happen and um, I don't handle it well sometimes I don't handle it well you know I'm not giving myself enough credit I I do fine it's just I don't know I think it bothered me because it was Chris and I love him so much and it sucks that Because the person he describes at one point was like, you know, you want me to tell you about yourself? I was like, yeah, dude, let's hear it. And I sat there like I was okay with it and made a lot of funny jokes about it. But the reality is, is that it sucks. And I don't... I mean, it is what it is, right? It's my curriculum. I don't know that it's going to just disappear. But... I hate that it affected somebody so close to me in such a shitty way. And I don't know. 
I don't know that he and I will ever have the kind of relationship where we don't constantly bust each other's balls. I think that's just part of the deal. Um, there's times where he catches like, oh my God, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep making... Because he does kind of... He, he makes fun of me nonstop. It's fine. We have, we have fun with it. It's not nonstop, but it's a lot. Um, I don't know, man. I wish I'd been nicer when it happened. But I don't think I could have been. I don't think I could have been anything other than what I was. You know, it's like if you could have done something different, you would have. You know, at the end of the four agreements, the last agreement, when Don Miguel Ruiz calls it uh, always do your best, it's like that was my best. It may have been shitty, but it was my best. It's my best shitty. I don't know. We've all got things to work on, and um, that's part of the deal. I don't know that we're going to get out of it. We just have to learn to use it, learn to work with it. That demon of mine, I don't think is bad. You know, I like who I am. I like the way I am. Does it sometimes get a bit much? Sure. Absolutely. But I love Keith. You know, I just wish he hadn't hurt my friend's feelings like that. That's a bummer. Um, I'll probably talk to him about it on Friday. I see him. Um, anyway, if you want to support the Infinite Spark of Bean, there's Patreon, Fenmo shirts. I got a couple shirts in the, in the can that I'm waiting to put out that I'm working on today that I like. Art prints, things like that, books. You know, tell your friends about the podcast, have them subscribe. It's everywhere. All right, that's all I got. Adios. Bye. Love you.